0: Welcome to Femcasters, a podcast and community where
1: feminine wiles and ferocious female voices collide. Femcasters was born from the idea that we can change the world one broadcast at a time. We are here to unite and elevate the voices of silence breakers, just like you, girl-wide. Let's kick it, Karina. Kick it.
0: Do you speak Afrikaans? Is Afrikaans, your original language?
2: Yeah, that's my- Afrikaans. Drop what it, drop language? it like it's hot. Mikrogolf wind. die kos in die mikrogolf wind. That means let me put some food in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Why you chose that, we're not sure. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. No, actually, because it can be argued that mikrogolf wind is one of the most difficult words in the Afrikaans language.
0: Say that again.
2: Mikrogolf wind. <laughs> Because it's got the R-E-N-E-G ch- in it. Mikrofs-Hofwin. <laughs> <Mikroch's laughs> it's not a little hoffman. Russian. We like to think of it as kitchen Dutch. Like we would just like, it's like slang Dutch, you know. Wow.
3: This is a very exciting podcast.
2: Yeah, this is. <laughs> this is the best <laughs> podcast ever.
0: And I'm going to tell you why. Because we have Mika and Jean-Claude Dornick the power duo of podcasting, if you will. And I say, if you podcast together, you have more fun together. And I know Mika has the podcast Karma Mind and JC, and we can go with your real names after we you know, introduce you, but you have Rise Up With Dragon and doing Fabulously Globally. They're both podcasts that make you think a little bit differently, that go deeper into mindset. And it's very fascinating for me, at least. and. I know I can speak for Karina that we're very excited to have the power duo right here with us. Chicken and dragon. Look at this. <laughs> and we will go, why are they chicken and dragon? first of all, Mika and JC.
1: I think that's the first question. Yeah, why are you chicken and dragon?
3: So, oh So I explain this all the time, but why don't you explain it? Yeah, but this you is... have to be careful because this, it's, it's our brand and, and stuff, but but it's kind of a boring story.
2: It is actually a little bit more boring than when he tells it because his is like, oh, it's a mystical figure, you know, like slaying the dragon. But I know, sorry, (laughs) when I first started dating him, apples and emojis had just come out. I don't know if you've ever played around with the emojis, but it's the little faces like the pig or the chicken or the dragon. And then when you talk, the Animoji talks, right? And so we had sort of started this thing where every day we would send one another like an Animoji message. And it started out (laughs) with him being the unicorn first. And it was like, yeah, it was kind of cute. And then one day he did a dragon and he did the voice of the dragon. and. (laughs)
3: what is the voice of the
2: dragon we gotta hear the voice
3: no no no. No, no. (laughs) it's 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 not appropriate you're
0: ruining your brand right now you know
3: no 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 no. but 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 before and you have to listen to the say something in the chicken voice Darlings, (laughs)
2: Darlings, <laughs> it's like an old
3: lady. So that's the and and the dragon kind of sounds a little bit like Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid. Bit. I don't know why, but it had like it's, a. You have the
2: mustache, yeah, like you have
3: the, but but the the background of the dragon was, I was very fascinated with that creature, and as you know, I was doing a lot of writing and stuff. But that is how I actually started being called the dragon. Because she started calling me dragon and I started calling her chicken. Yeah. So, and and we actually start, we had a podcast together for a while and and you can find our episodes out there called rise up with chicken and dragon.
2: Yeah. And it's all about sex.
1: Really? For real? I, I need to listen to this show. Yeah. And I'm just, I feel like I'm getting all the backstory here because if you've watched Dragon's YouTube videos, you see behind him, this wood paneling and there's a chicken on one side. (laughs) I had no idea it would be, it's right behind her head right now. Mika's head, that's great.
2: Yeah, that's my selfie. That's actually my aunt. Um, No, so. tell Tell
3: them a little bit about that.
2: That's how we came up with chicken and dragon. Chicken's always kind of been sort of my spirit animal. But then when we, we were a few months into dating and I actually had a very successful podcast. And so I kind of taught myself how to podcast. I was living in Queens and I was just curious. I was like, everyone's starting a podcast. And I started this little thing. I had a blue Yeti, got in my closet one day (laughs) and I just started record, like doing interviews with really cool people. Um,
3: A A blue Yeti.
2: A blue Yeti. And then when I met JC I was so still into the idea of continuing on with podcasting but then by that time we were already chicken and dragon and we thought like what kind of podcast would be cool for the two of us to do together yeah and mm-hmm. we said oh my gosh like a relationship slash marriage slash sex podcast why not so that's how that came about
3: mm. yeah and what was interesting about that and this this is actually really cool because it 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 now that i'm talking about it, it makes me realize how so many different things stem from it but the backstory is we met online we, we actually she and i actually found each other on bumble the reason why i did that is because in my career i had a lot of people that knew me because i was doing a lot of public speaking and stuff i was often coming off of stages where a lot of people knew me i didn't want to meet anybody in that realm i was not really good at dating let's just say Neither so, you know, through <laughs> just the trials and tribulations, you know, and on that last day when I'm getting ready to quit online dating because it's such a nightmare, and she's getting ready to quit as well, um, we met each other. Um, it was just a, I saw one picture of her. She didn't have like multiple pictures or a picture of her with like a tiger or anything.
2: Which is usually what a catfish would do. It's yeah. Like
3: one- well, she had one picture there, and all it said in her whole description is it said South African sex coach. And I said, I said, I got to know, <laughs> I got to know what that is. So I swiped right. And the fun story that um, is a little bit humbling is she did not reply. She didn't reply to my swipe. So I actually spent, I think it was like $15 to extend the swipe. Loser. Yeah. Which, which potentially made me a loser or a creep or show her that I was interested and I don't care. Best
1: investment. Okay. I I know nothing about Bumble. I've been with the same person for like almost 20 years now. So So what's
3: unique about Bumble is that the the woman has to make the decision. So long story short, she, she got back to me. We have the, those conversations saved, which are really cheesy and fun, but we fell in love very, very quickly. You know, we, we just, there was just something about the, the first phone call, the first date. And I mean, it's safe to say that after the first week or two, she moved in. I, I just didn't want to leave her, let her go anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. So we just moved, moved really, really fast in that sense. But we both come with, just like everybody else, Trauma and drama and baggage and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So both of us kind of embraced personal growth. She's now, you know, on her way to become a therapist and she's going to Northwestern and, you know, she's just a spectacular therapist. But we're both into the mental component Mm -hmm. of personal growth, relationships, self discovery. So the podcasting thing really started. This is my long winded way around this. And this is the lesson.
0: There is no other way, is there? Well, she
3: and I, she and I would wake up every morning and we, we just were madly in love and we would, I would sit there and we would have these wonderful conversations. Yeah. We would have coffee and we would sit next to each other and have these wonderful conversations and we would laugh and just come up with these crazy ideas and everything. And I was doing my rise ups already, but not on podcasts, like Facebook lives. And I was writing so you just imagine the conversations we had. So we just looked at each other one day because we're we're working on our relationships and we're really digging in and doing the work. and we said, let's let's record this shit." And yeah. we basically just got a mic. We actually watched a YouTube video by
2: Tim Ferris Tim
3: Ferriss, big shout out to Tim Ferriss, who says, like, "How to start a podcast," mm-hmm. which she already knew a little bit, and we went and bought equipment, and that was it. We yeah. started.
2: Yeah, and at that time it was still like we went Dutch. You know, it's like you pay fifty percent, I pay fifty. I don't. So just, I
3: don't remember that. <laughs>
2: I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But anyway, yeah. So we moved pretty quickly. But yeah, I remember that morning that we were sitting on the bed. And we hit record on the phone. And because I was still talking about, okay, like what can we talk about? And it was just like such a natural thing for us. And we realized very early on in our relationship
3: Mating in Captivity. Right. Esther Perel's book.
2: It's amazing, Mating in Captivity. Um, But we realized very early on that we were really good at communicating with one another. Like it was something that came really naturally. And in my work with couples, it's very disheartening sometimes to see how people struggle with communication. And, you know, a lot of times, like I was still, I was speaking to another fellow counselor about this the other day and she said, family members often ask her like, why are you so happy all the time? Like, cause you work with really like sad stuff and you see relationships failing. And, and I do find myself, you know, feeling extremely grateful for this relationship because it's just, yeah, it's on a whole other level. Yeah. And it was maybe just meant to be.
3: Well, also keep keep something in mind that call it COVID or whatever. And there's so many different stories. We want to let you guys ask questions because this is a complicated couple. But uh what we really recognize is that you know, we needed to learn, and this is the relationship component. We really spent a lot of time learning what each other needed and wanted, mm-hmm. five languages of love and all that stuff. So I think one of the things and we're very good at it now, but we decided to put the work in, you know, we, we, we both kind of like said, I want this to work. We want to be together. We, so I learned about her strengths and her weaknesses and vice versa. We pulled all the skeletons out of the closet and just laid them out on the table. And there were quite a few, Um, but um, we know how to make each other happy. And it's important for everybody to know that we don't really spend any time away from one another. I mean, like maybe in a different room, but we do everything together.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. He went out today for like 30 minutes and I texted him. I miss you. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. Is that good? Is that like sad? That is so
0: endearing and so sweet, especially, you know, Mm. that you're new parents as well. Newish parents.
1: I feel like it's relationship goals here. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hashtag relationship goal. Well,
3: and there's some synchronicity there because, you know, an a thing. sequence of events, you know, transpired since the moment we met that most people wouldn't believe, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, four years later have us here on your podcast. You know, it's crazy.
2: As parents. So mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's
0: such a cool story, too, with Lexi slash mm-hmm. Ducky.
2: Yeah. She just arrived last week. Yeah. She just arrived last week, so no, she's not a newborn. Uh, she is twelve years old, so we adopted her. If you gave
3: birth to her at this size, you'd be dead.
2: Wow! Can you <laughs> My God, like, and I were joking about it. Keeping
0: it other in, day. in perspective. <laughs> Dragon doesn't even recognize that he's like overpowered with the estrogen in this space exactly. right now. He doesn't know oh, that know. it's no, he possible. He fits right in. You, it's possible. you fit right in.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and that's another story. We'll be happy to to tell you, but we wanna we wanna make this relevant. To um, femcasters, you know, mm-hmm. so shoot, you got two people here with fascinating stories, but, uh, and, and willing to talk about anything. So.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to know more about the start of this journey. Cause it sounds like chicken, you got dragon into this whole mess of podcasting. <laughs> yes, that is correct. And so just, you know, what kind of work did you put into the early, shows that you created and even if you're not willing to share the name of your early show but just i'd love to talk a little bit about that journey from first episode to say 20th you know when it's when you're really just kind of trying to to get your show out into the world
2: yeah so this is really fascinating because i when i look back to those first episodes that i did it was amazing It was so fun and exciting. And I think it's because there was no result, no expectation attached to it. I was just doing it because it was new and I was alone in my apartment on a Friday night in Queens. I was kind of, you know, like having given up on the dating scene, I was very much like a loner. And so I thought to myself, this is a great little project, right? So didn't think even that I was gonna get an audience. And I think that therein lies the secret. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, you know, be focused on perfection and getting our product out there. But I think for me, for that podcast, it was a natural progression. It just happened. And a lot of that had to do with the niche market that I was in. And so I think that the niche market spoke for itself. It kind of like people just found me and it's spread by word of mouth, but the quality on it, not so great you know like if you go back to some of the first episodes I mean I was sitting in my closet like just doing interviews and these were remote interviews with people who sometimes even lived in like Belgium I think I had somebody in Sweden once so I would say that the quality on some of those episodes are less than desirable but people didn't seem to care as much about it you know for me I'm very much a perfectionist and you can ask JC about this that's one of the reasons why I'm I've backed out a little bit from podcasting so intensely is because when I hear like a little or any sort of lip sound, smacking, I just, I mean, I go crazy with the editing, but for some reason, people just like the content. And once again, I think it's because of the niche market of it.
1: Well, you have me chuckling. I've been sitting here muting myself every time you're talking. So that well, yeah, when, you have, when you have a
3: voice like hers, you know, it's nice when it comes out clean. But um, I think an interesting lesson in that is that along the way, because of her frustration mm-hmm. and recognizing the importance of quality, she learned all that stuff. So when we came together and we created the rise up with chicken and dragon show, which was awesome. I mean, everybody loved it. It was growing fast. The reason why I can say we didn't follow through with it is because she was getting busy with other stuff and she just wouldn't allow episodes to go out without. And she wouldn't allow anyone to edit them, mm-hmm. so a little OCD on the uh, podcast editing there. It was a little, yeah, I was talking- So I said to myself, my character Dragon, who always spoke for about personal growth and self discovery, I said, I don't care about quality. I just want to, I just want to crank out thousands of these things and put them out there selfishly because I like, I like to take ideas that I have and write them down and then unpack them in conversation. So what I needed to do though is I needed to say you are not allowed to edit my podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, so then I had a problem because I didn't know how to. So I I you know if you listen to the early early rise up with dragons you'll you know you can just hear me like saying get out of here cat stop it so you know because I didn't know how to do that. So I learned a little bit but then I hired somebody so that's kind of the evolution of podcasting
2: yeah yeah you have to be able to let go of it for me I was so attached to it that I didn't want to delegate I was afraid that if if somebody else was going to edit the podcast that they might edit the tone of the podcast away or they might take out something that a guest said that's super important so I wasn't able to go there you go you know what you're doing so you know a
3: little bit of a control thing there yeah but um, lesson learned, because you know, as you guys know, there's so many amazing professionals out there that help people with this stuff. I would not advise people to just like crapshoot this thing of podcasting. Um, it's just so much easier if you do it the right way, especially from the beginning. But we're just we're just people that are we're character driven people that probably get away with our content over our quality because of that. But. In a perfect world, you'd you'd work on both. Oh yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: No such thing as a perfect world, right? This is true. And you know, a couple of things that are resonating with me right now. I feel you know. First of all, I do kind. Of, I want to dabble or touch upon mental health because we do have Mika here, who is mental health expert. And I know if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a, if you're a podcaster, writer, it becomes kind of isolating and you know, you two have each other, but a lot of Mm -hmm. us out here, we're just kind of flying solo. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what are you, are you seeing a rise in that? And how, how do you deal with that with clients or yourself or JC or dragon,
2: if you will? Do you want to touch on? Well, I mean,
3: what I'll say just quickly, and, and it's great because, you know, and Jules, you're, you're working on it with me, with my book. So you, you understand that my, my focus is on teaching people to better handle adversity. So, I mean, that kind of leads in. But Chicken is actually working on one of the chapters with me from her standpoint um, in reference to why we're like that, why, why we struggle with, with adversity and ways of you know, helping people better do so. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing because at the time that we're filming this, we're two years into the coronavirus and there's a lot more of that going on. There's a lot less social interaction and all that stuff. So I know that with her clientele, which I never get to listen to any of these conversations, obviously, but she is busy. She, she's she got a lot of people. So I, yeah. I would assume that you can speak a little bit to what's going on and with, in mental health right now, what people are struggling with?
2: Oh, yeah. I would go as far as saying that the pandemic right now is one of the top concerns that, we, that we're facing. Our practice is so busy, right? We have, to, we have to start turning people away, putting them on a wait list, but it's not even that. Like I'm part of groups of mental health professionals, like Facebook groups. And in these groups, sometimes we'll say, hi, I need a, ref- like, I need a referral. And it used to be that people would send me along whoever you need to send along. But it's changed. People aren't doing that anymore because they just don't have any available space because of the pandemic. You know, a lot of people are have internalized what's happening. Um, we're seeing a lot of generalized anxiety disorder, mostly adjustment disorder that's coming up, which is like an acute stress disorder. But because the pandemic has been going on for so long now you know, you start looking at that as is this trauma related work that we're beginning to do. Um, So adjustment disorders, I would say something that I work with almost on a daily basis. And um, that typically it's an acute stress disorder, which is very common in children, actually. And it can be anything from there's an adjustment to, you know, we move to a different town and it's really, really difficult for me to become accustomed to this new way of living. Um, so children do experience this often, but we have found now with the pandemic that a lot of adults are going through this as well. It's the whole idea of, I used to be a very social person and now I'm isolated. It's causing anxiety within Plans me. Have changed. Plans have changed. Weddings have been canceled. You know, people are passing away, loved ones, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of stress in that sense. But what I mean by acute is it's, you know, up to six months and from there on, you saw is this something that's potentially trauma work, PTSD, how does this impact people? So I would say for the most part, what we're dealing with on a daily basis right now is really pandemic work. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the things I've spoken about on my podcasts is um, the reality of mental health and how, my podcast actually helped me to feel more connected to people around because I have an interview format show. And so it got me connecting with people, thought leaders that I was inspired by and having deep conversations. And one of those shows I interviewed Chris Matthews, who is the, he's got a not-for-profit around a soccer club. And he found, he was telling me that, um, you know, the kitchen was also now the dining hall and the the loo was also your latrine. I mean, basically using these British colloquialisms for the bathroom, but basically just saying your mess hall and your kitchen were the same place and you didn't you didn't explore, you weren't meeting new people, you weren't forging new connections. And I think that's one of the things that interview format shows actually have going for them right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. It does build connection between people. Um, and it's interesting that you bring that up where it's like the loo is the kitchen is the living room is the bedroom, right? Um, but more importantly is the office. And I think that this is what we're struggling with with people right now is they don't know how to turn off. So they, because we're working and we're living in the same environment for a lot of people who are still working from home, this is a big challenge. It's like, so when does my work day begin and when does it end? Where I previously went to work and came home there was a separation there. And I knew that now I was, right, I was moving into a different role. So I was moving into a role of mom or friend or wife and not colleague, right? But now that we're we're doing all of that together, it's kind of like the boundaries are becoming quite blurry. The lines are being crossed. um, Because we've essentially lost a big part of our identity in that sense because we're constantly working. We're constantly trying to get ahead. And we have kids in our space while we're working.
3: Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Our daughter is homeschooled because we travel so much. And, you know, we made a decision that we want her to be able to travel the world with us. So she's homeschooled, which is awesome. But that means that we're all home together all the time. And you know what's interesting? I would assume that your audience is interested in podcasting in general, right? Like if you look at my podcast you know, it's a morning show and people listen to it as part of their morning structure to rise up with dragon means to get your head screwed on straight win the morning, win the day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that there's never been a better opportunity for podcasters or therapists or anything because people are seeking connection. Mm -hmm. They're looking to become part of something because we've lost. And I don't know if we're ever going to go back to the way things were. Um, We will to a certain extent, but we're actually ironically finding out that although there's a downside to being isolated and doing everything virtual, it's much more efficient and cost-effective at the same time. So that's one of the reasons we won't go back. One statistic that I, I can share, because you know what we do, our other business, is that Chicken and I own an international health coaching company in the wellness space. So we've been seeing a lot of interesting trends there. Naturally, obesity's gone skyrocketed, you know, mental alongside that and everything. Um, but there's a lot of fascinating things going on from the pandemic, like in 2021, approximately 17 million Americans quit their jobs, wow. That not get fired, quit their jobs. And that means that they no longer want to do what they were doing. And they're all open and looking maybe confused in thinking what it is that they want to do, so the idea of a home-based anything right now, and what I find fascinating because I have a I have a young um, audience in my realm as well. What I find interesting is that they're so comfortable with this new reality. Why would they go back? This is this is their normal. I just don't see when they say, "Hey, everybody, you can go back." They'll be like, "No, thanks." I'm good. You know, that's, that's stupid. You know, like that would be like me telling my son to try out Facebook. He's like, people don't use Facebook, dad. You know, it's called so meta now. It's an, it's a new reality. we we're, we're, we are in the throes, which I find very exciting. If you're, you know, a big thinker it's pretty interesting to watch what's happening right now.
2: Right. Absolutely. I do think that we're evolving, right? So JC said he doesn't know if we'll, we'll ever go back, but I do think that we're evolving and we're surviving and we're doing it together, which is really great. You know, I think that if anything good has come from this, it's showing that people really do do care. You know, I was going to say something that's interesting about why podcasting can make you feel connected. Some people are very orally inclined, right? We get visual, we get oral learners, we get people who are both, but some people really connect with a voice. They do. And I think that that is why it's so important to have a good quality podcast because people, you do do get audiences who want that and who long for that. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I mean, I've spoken to, I have recommending podcasts to clients as well. And I say, what is like the one thing that you just hate about it? And they go, if the person's voice sucks, I can't <laughs> listen to it, no matter how great it is, right? Like if somebody's a little too high pitched or or they like have an, in, in what do you call it? Infliction at the end, like, uh-huh, right? It, some things annoy people. But if you look at ASMR, for example, like some people love sounds. And so I think that in that sense, maybe they come to the podcast, not necessarily for the content, but rather to feel like oh, I'm listening to someone's voice, someone that I really like and I can connect with, right? So different audiences, yeah. Can't please everyone though.
1: No, you can't please everybody. It's important to have your own voice. You know, yeah. what brought me to podcasting was actually being a super fangirl of My Favorite Murder. And one of the things that they shared was that, they'd hear from people in their audiences when they did live tours, I feel like you're my best friend. And Mm. the reality was that just by sharing their stories and being really transparent, they connected with an audience in a way that many people don't. And even though my podcast, my first podcast, Care More, Be Better is nothing like My Favorite Murder. I don't talk about true crime. It's not even remotely on the same subject. It gave me that faith in my own voice to be able and start my show to say, you know what, I have something to say too, and I can go ahead and put this content together. I have the experience and media training. Why not put it to use, and so produce my own show and put it all out there? It started because I was listening to a podcast.
3: So, yeah, yeah, I just I think it's a great
2: confidence builder, isn't it? It's a great confidence builder.
3: I don't know. I mean. I want to just have a little reality check to you know the average normal human that struggles with anxiety and things like that, um, because you know I a lot of something people don't know about me is I suffered dramatically from anxiety for years, like to the point where, you know, if I was talking to a group of ten people, I would think I was going to die, and you know, I've pushed on to become a public speaker. I mean, just imagine if you struggle with anxiety and you speak in front of 15,000 people. So another component of this is, I mean, here I am talking, I'm comfortable talking right now. So it does get better. But one of the things that I love about podcasting also is is there's a little bit of personal development in it. It's interesting to follow one and, and hear the person evolve as as mm-hmm. chicken said before. But what I always explain is the reason why I do a live show is it's my way of working on my anxiety Yeah, is I, I like to put myself in an uncomfortable place and try to become comfortable with it. So there's so many different sides to podcasting, you know, and and now we're moving, you know, I talked to Jules about this, we're starting a new podcast coming soon. We're moving into this new realm where podcasters are learning how to use their podcast platform as a way of getting into NFTs and cryptocurrency and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, we've got some exciting stuff coming in that world.
2: Yeah. It's so interesting what Dragon just brought up with the whole. Um, Thank you. Yeah. No, and that's what I love about
3: it. <laughs> she, she's, do a, you
0: say she, that all the time? That's so interesting what you just brought
2: up, JC.
3: Watch this. What's my love language?
2: Words of affirmation.
3: So all day long, she's like, sweetie, have I told you I'm how so amazing so you are?
2: Person in the world? What is your love language, Mika? Mine? Um, I would definitely say physical touch and then words of affirmation. And obviously... Um,
3: Pretty much all of them. <laughs> um, one um, Hers is probably... I'm
2: acts of service, by the way. Yeah, I, I was going to say know. she's
3: acts of service. <laughs> Who cares? Um, if I... If I go out of my way, which I do to do things that goes a long way with her.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it does. Um, But I was just going to say, this is what I appreciate about him is the fact that he can be so honest. Like I'm sitting here going, isn't it a great confidence builder? And Dragon goes, okay, reality check. Because I think it's really important to talk about the difficulties of podcasting as well. Right. And that sometimes it can be really isolating, I just think back to those Queens days in my closet where I was like feeling so alone. And even though I was having a great time, I think you still long for that connection. Right. And that's what we get obviously through the interviews, but then it's about like, how do I get my product out there and how many likes am I going to get on social media? Why am I not getting more likes or more listens? So, so there is that to it as well, but you were speaking about the fact that you used to be very anxious speaking in front of people what he's essentially done is a form of therapy called exposure therapy. So he's really put himself in a situation where you don't have a choice because you're about to go live and people are expecting that of you. And so you kind of become desensitized to the whole thing. So I would like to encourage all of us to find something that we're super yeah. afraid of today and keep doing it. Like
3: let's we let's say- start a new, we, we just came up with a new profession called podcast therapy. Where we Wait,
0: help. that is your next podcast, and I was thinking you two need to do a like a couple's podcast. Like, yeah, but you the know what? Realm. She's
3: going to have to edit it, and it's going to be a mess. No,
1: man. you don't need so. to edit it. Yeah. I saw this meme that reminds me of uh, <laughs> Mika. Your your approach to editing. It said, "In two more hours, this podcast is going to be perfect."
2: <laughs> I know. I know it's so bad. It's like because you, you can, can be spend
1: an- hours on a single episode. Mm-hmm.
0: It's so fascinating to see the synergy between you two and how well you connect and using your voices through podcasting, speaking and just expressing your love language through a creative means. And everybody, I mean, I think Korean and I could you imagine if we had our husbands on the podcast? No. Oh god. <laughs> it would be so, It would be me and like I've tried to get him on and he's just silent or like nervous. What are you
3: doing? But keep something in mind. And there there's a valuable lesson learned for relationships. We force ourselves in as part of our structure to sit and talk. So there's some things that I, I also want to share. If you look at the structure, because my podcast is called rise up with dragon, but I, I do my podcast in 30 minutes, but I have this whole rise up mm-hmm. structure in the morning where I get up at 4.30 in the morning and I read and I write and I do all of this stuff. But part of that structure is at 7 a.m. till 8, she and I, we shut everything off. There's two times where we don't do anything but be with each other. 7 to 8 in the morning. And then at night, we call it twilight after 10. Before we go to bed, we shut off technology and all that stuff. But one thing I can say amidst all of the bullshit that we might say sometimes is she and I talk to each other yeah, how you every day for about an hour. Mm-hmm. So we both know what's going on in each other's lives. We both know what our plans are for the day. We don't, we, we even have color codes for how people are feeling. We do this with our daughter too. Mm-hmm.
2: Such we, a therapist thing our know.
3: family gets to to say you know tell explain the color codes
2: yeah so it's like um, you get different codes of blue so it's like how are you feeling because i guess the language around it what we're trying to do is make it a little bit more fun for her because she's 12 so instead of going hey are you feeling depressed right it's like blah blah Um, It's more like, what color blue are you right now? Are you like a darker blue? Are you turquoise? Are you like light blue, baby blue, you know? So yeah, I think the color code works kind of well with kids. But it's okay. You know, it's- I love that.
0: Is that something? Did you coin that? Because I'm- I don't know if anybody else- This was actually my mom who came up with this. That's really cool. Or like red for angry and all the emotions.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, But
3: more important than that is talk, you know, communication, as you know, is so important. But if you're having a rough time, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And you're, and you're allowed to talk about it, you know? And that's, that's one of the things that I think is super important in a relationship is just being able to like, not worry about the other person wanting you to be a certain way, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's what we talk about every morning. Just think about it. I I read and I write and she does the same thing in her mental health stuff. So we share stuff with each other all the time. And then it translates through podcasting.
1: Mm -hmm. Great. So I have a question as we prepare to wrap. I would just love to know if there are any, like, if you each had to choose just one thing that you wish you'd done differently when you started your podcast, what would it be?
3: So you can talk about karma mind.
2: Hmm. Consistency. I wish I was, you know, I started out, I have something called shiny object syndrome. So (laughs) I'll start out, I'll see something amazing. And then I'll just like stay on that for a month and then something else will come up and I'll go, oh, this is fun. I wish I had been more consistent with it because once you've set the tone with your audience and they know what to expect, you'll keep them. It becomes Mm -hmm. a loyalty thing as well. Mm -hmm. But for me right now, I'm kind of in this space where I haven't posted a meditation in a while. And so I'm getting back on track this weekend. But my audience has kind of been like, where have you been? Like, What's going on? Like, I've been re-listening to some of your meditations. So if I can give anybody that kind of advice, it would be post consistently, like record, pre-record stuff, even if it's like a year of Mm pre-recordings. Rather do that than not have an episode be uploaded. Right.
1: I I can't agree more.
3: And what I would say, you know, there's two different vantage points to the person that has already started like me or somebody listening to this. I wouldn't change a thing because I'm extremely happy in my skin and where I'm at. And I, I'm a huge advocate of just failing your way to your you know I mean, I, I think the most I think people need to fail more in life. Mm. I, I think people need to go out there and screw up a lot more and learn from it and and just recognize that if you're baking a cake and it's called success, nine out of ten of the ingredients are failure. But if somebody is listening to this and hasn't started yet, <laughs> oh well, then I can give them a lot of of things that, you know, if I was to go back and I actually set a goal to succeed at podcasting rather than just serve it up to the people, I would have definitely created an outline. I would have found somebody like YouTube to to like give me a little bit of organization, like create some sort of an outline of it. But um, I would have taken my first episode and really made it explain what the podcast is about Mm -hmm. because a lot of people had to figure it out along the way. And, you know, I probably missed a lot of people in the beginning that just said, what the hell is this? You know, because I just I would just get on and talk about it and stuff like that. Um, And then the other thing is just have somebody else. It's really not that expensive. Have somebody else edit and do that stuff for you. It's way too time consuming to do it on your own. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah, huge difference.
2: I, I'm actually still editing Calm My Mind by myself. They're not long episodes. I mean, I have meditations that are like five minutes. Come long, on but... now,
0: you got people. You got people now.
3: We have a full-time editor, and <laughs> he has no idea who she is.
2: <laughs> I'm just like bye-bye. Um, but yeah, no, different. people this, need this you, Mika. Hard. People need you. Yeah,
0: the JC needs you. Karina needs you. I need you.
3: But I'm okay with anything that you do, sweetie. Whatever. Yeah,
1: you are. <laughs> I think I relate to Mika here, though, because I, I think especially when you do something that feels really personal, editing it yourself is just, it's mm-hmm. different. Love. And no, I there are some love. episodes I have where I've um, interviewed somebody, and I'm like, I'm just not giving this one away. Like, I'm going to take care of this one. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... I never feel that way, Karina.
0: And I bet JC doesn't. That's the weird... like. And I'm just wondering it from like your perspective and Mika's also, it's just, you know, is it just because it's a part of who you are and you want to make sure it just sounds perfect or it's an extension of like everything? Because I don't know, I'm just curious because it's my mind, how my mind works. And as you all know, my mind works
2: in mysterious ways.
1: Well, Mika, you take it and I'll answer after. (laughs)
2: Well, I was actually going to just, say maybe it's because you and JC are optimists maybe you trust in people more i don't know i just th- this is going really deep now i mean we can ho- have a whole therapy session about like do i maybe have trust issues we need one for sure i think oh. it's
3: different strokes for different folks you know i mean every every some some people like vanilla some people like chocolate it, it is as simple as that and the funny thing is is that um there is no normal right mm-hmm. There is no perfect way um, as long as you're in a structure that's moving forward, Um, where it gets sticky is if you're noticing that because of these little things, like if Jules and I just don't care and we just put the information out there, if that's moving us forward, great. If it's not, then you have to reevaluate. On the other side, if you're technical and you're a perfectionist and all that, that's fine too, if it's moving forward, but when you identify, especially during this time of the year, that you have set plans, made plans to move forward, unlike last year, but you're going about it the same way, then you have to check yourself. Yeah. So your your turn. Well, in
1: my case, when I don't want to give it away, it's typically because either the issue I covered was really sensitive, and I mm-hmm. want to make sure that I draw out the particular parts that I want to, um, mm-hmm. to make it into something like um you know, little ads, so to speak, or, or just really bring that story forward. Or if I feel like I need to do a little bit of slicing and dicing to it, it would be almost too time consuming to detail out. Yeah, I could just take care of it as I was sitting there and thinking about those things. But there was one particular episode where I had a phenomenal guest, really, really good content, but he stuttered. Oh. And it was going to be a lot of editing, and I felt like it was a lot to ask an editor to take on, to do it the way I wanted to, to make them sound their absolute best. And so I spent probably five and a half to, or six hours editing a 40-minute show. I can resonate show. with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Because
1: the content was great. The stutter was terrible. And it was one of those things where I felt like if people listened, they would stop listening.
2: Right. Right. And yeah. it's so sad. It's unfortunate because that person had so much to share. Yeah. So I feel you. I will take out every um and like and ah. That's <laughs> just it. It's terrible, but yeah, I, I do that.
3: Yeah. Awesome.
2: I
0: love that, and I love hearing the perspective of a couple that is making it work. And as we know, if you're in a relationship. There are their ups and their downs, but it's all about the bounds coming back to the equi- equilibrium and also respecting each other and each other's voices. So and I and how you, you have- and
3: how you perceive downs is that a bad thing or is it just a down? Mm-hmm.
2: No That's mud, true. no
0: lotus.
3: Yeah, there's no mud, no That's lotus. True. Yeah.
0: yeah, and you know, and you guys are really great at that. You know, in terms of very focused on your mind and understanding when you are in that space that it's another lesson you're learning and it's only going to make you stronger more beautiful so and i see you do that for each other i see that with how you cherish each other and i see that how how you speak to each other and i hope that everybody out here maybe karen and i will have a husband's episode
1: Ooh. or maybe not
3: here's our here's our our, our motto right here live simply
1: Live simply. Period. Make today awesome awesome and live simply.
0: (laughs) I love that. Thank you. Pretty cool. Well, thank you very much for having us. The Dornick dynasty continues. So we appreciate you and we adore you and thank you for being part of the Femcaster family.
1: Yeah, we have to ask them to say two words though.
0: Oh yes, that's our that's our um, what do we call that? Our our motto. That's our motto. That's that's your catch catchphrase. Catchphrase. (laughs) Kick it.
3: So you want to say it differently, or you want to say it like that?
0: Or you can say it in Afrikaans too. I was, yes, ah, sculpted,
2: sculpted. It. Sculpt sculpt it. It. <laughs> oh, I could just uh, that doesn't sound cool at all, yes, it does. Sculpted, I felt Stopped like Will Ferrell in Euro- Eurovision for a second. Um, or I could do it in a calmer Mind voice, kick it. Yeah. That was actually oh yeah that's
0: really sexy we're saving that for later (laughs) can you say that again a little louder because we need to get kick it kick it
3: (laughs) that's terrible did you want it again with the two of us why not (laughs) all right ready one two three kick Kick it it. perfect oh i
0: love that perfect
3: (laughs) cut (laughs)
0: thank you for listening to another episode of femcasters we hope you were inspired we hope you were motivated we hope you think a little bit differently about how your voice your very own voice can change the universe so tap on those five stars share the love share this episode with another femcaster that you think could use this message today
1: and head over to femcasters.com for all the goods we covered today including tools to elevate your voice you can join our exclusive community and celebrate the femcaster in you together we can elevate the power and the voice of women girl wide let's do this